edition of the audible presented by trader joe's stew we just taped an episode recently but the we're back for were, more yeah the wildest day i, I gotta admit so this uh, i was out having beers last night when we, I, there was a group text you know with, that you were on and i was on about nick saban's comments wednesday night and man did jimbo fisher respond with a blowtorch on thursday morning and I was thinking about this. To me, the most shocking SEC press conference that I can remember in college football was Bobby Petrino in the neck brace talking about infidelity or not talking about it, you know, after the motorcycle ride. Um, this, to me, blew that out of the water. No, this, to me, is the college football. The closest college football has come to that infamous uh, John Cheney threatening to kill uh, John Calipari. <laughs> In, in basketball, we don't we just don't see coaches on the record directly accusing each other of cheating. And now of you have of this magnitude. Jimbo, first, it's basically Nick Saban, who the GOAT as it relates to college football coaches. Jimbo Fisher's won a national title. They're big voices and it got dirty fast. It went from Nick Saban. I think we'll never know what his true intentions were trying to edge. He was at a, he was at a public event, you know, with probably a bunch of Alabama fans in Birmingham. And it seemed like he was trying to educate them about collectives and, and how the NIL thing has spiraled and basically putting out a call for them to participate. And at one point he was, you know, it'd be great if we could get support for our teams and da, 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 da. And then right towards the end, he, he went there. Texas A&M finished ahead of us in recruiting and they bought their whole. It was so shocking that when I first saw the first tweet from a reporter, I was like, I'm going to have to see the audio. I hear the audio of this before I retweet this. I, cause I just don't believe he said the words, bought their whole class, but he did. And then Jimbo comes back and he said about 10 different things in his uh, thing at press conference this morning, that if, if he had only said that one thing, it would have been front page news, including and I think this is being overlooked. He suggested that perhaps somebody should slap Nick Saban in the head. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said, we're done. Their relationship is over. He's not taking Saban's calls. Um, he suggested 10 different ways that people should go dig up all of the ways that he procured players over the years. And then, of he, course, he called him a narcissist. This is his old boss. You know, called him a narcissist. Narcissist. Some people think they're God. Go dig into his past. And, and now how he's done things. Nobody's um, ever really directly challenged Nick Saban in even a mild way. There's always been a deference of he's the, he's the goat and, you know, we're going to try to beat him, but nobody, as far as I can recall, has ever even gone in a little bit on him in the profession. It's always been, Oh, we respect him so much, including all his former assistants. Now you immediately started calling coaches that would be connected to one or both of these guys. What was the reaction? Okay. So first I didn't just start calling. I was starting to hear from coaches. Like the thing that was amazing with this was people knew it was coming. Cause there was like, Jimbo's going to talk at 10 AM local time. So, and people could watch it. It was like, Holy crap. What the hell is happening? And it was, 
a lot of coaches, all not just SEC coaches. Now, I had one who I had asked about the Saban component of this and was like, and this is somebody who knows Saban very well and has worked with them. And, you know, I had said to this person, um, I'm curious if Nick really just slipped by using the word bought, um, you know, last night and it crossed the line that maybe he didn't intend to cross. Cause I feel like everything with him is so calculated yeah. and, 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 you know, like we've both been in meetings with him or settings with him where it's a group of reporters before he goes to the big podium at SEC media days. And he is, it's very calculated what he wants to get out and what he wants to drive. He's shrewd at it. This person thought, I don't think this was calculated. It was just like his emotions got going and it was some, something he can't control. And that really set him off. And then so I started talking, you know, hearing from other people. I had reached out to Lane Kiffin. I said, thoughts on that circus? Speechless for the first time in my life, Lane <laughs> Kiffin said. And, you know, he was like, I'm watching this thinking this can't really be happening. Is this real life? He was like, I still haven't moved from my seat. It yep. should have been on pay-per-view. Um, and By then- the way, all the SEC coaches have a meeting in less than two weeks in Destin, Florida. Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher. Lane Kiffin, who also has a rivalry going with Jimbo now, all going to be in the same room. Yeah, um, I would think, you know, like it's a good thing that the Arkansas coach has, has a lot of O-line experience. Maybe he can separate <laughs> these guys because it's just it, it's wild. You know, there was a another thing I heard from a different SEC coach, and it's you know, like it kind of gets to the core of I think why some of this was so just so shocking on both sides of this. Um, and I have to read it cause it's just, it's almost like, you know, two at the core. Um, there has always been quote, an honor among thieves mantra in this league. And those two just called each other's wives fat to a global audience. <laughs> it was just like, Oh my God. It's, there were so many layers. I think that were just, as you kind of, you know, touched on in the beginning. And as we've talked about, about how nuts this is. Now, I think one of the things that came to the surface, um, Jimbo Fisher, like his comments, we've never bought anybody. Um, A lot of people in coaching had real problems with that. Uh, Just thought that's not, that's not true. You know, and look, a lot of these guys, now they got those two, they, they work together at LSU, but a lot of people have worked with them. So they the think time. so they think that's not true that Jimbo's never bought a player, but what about Saban? I don't a lot of people who think you're not getting number one. You know, you know, they're all recruiting from the same pool of players. You know, one of the things that I thought was you know, go back to Hugh Freeze, and this is where it felt a little like there was Hugh Freeze's comments, and it was like I think I had retweeted it years ago. It was like, hey, if anybody wants to to question us, go, you know, here's our compliance email address. And people had a field day with that. Um, but remember, you know, Hugh Freeze lost some five-star recruits to, to Mississippi State back in those days, you know, and it's like, so you, you know, I think the, getting back to that quote about the honor amongst thieves part was that at the, at that level, when it's coming to not every five-star recruit was getting a lot of money. But a bunch were, you know, you go back to the Albert Means days, you go, you know, it's just like that is a different game. And it's been kind of an unspoken thing 
that there's always there's been innuendo and nobody's been able to pin it down and there's been some plausible deniability. You know, here's the part with, with Jimbo's, you know, talking about we've never bought anybody and people are like citing stuff of, you know, past recruits that he was involved with going, eh, I don't know about if I was if I was Jimbo, I'd go go that direction. Now, I do want to bring up something you had you had tweeted from an agent that you know who's become very involved in shopping players in NIL in the last six months. And why don't you read the quote and we can kind of discuss it a little. Well, it's Mike Caspino who now he's the lawyer. He's become the go-to lawyer for, for recruits making deals with collectives. He was the one who made the $8 million deal that we reported a couple months ago. And this is what he told me. Having worked with AM's collective, Everything Jimbo Fisher said is 100% correct and true. He didn't violate any bylaws if you keep the collective separate from the school. A&M and their collective are just very good at what they do, which the people who have quote tweeted it immediately got what he was referencing, right? It's 10, I'm going to scroll through. It's 10 different versions of, oh, so what Saban is true. Oh, so Nick was right. This is exactly what Saban said. Uh this is what Saban said. He used NIL to get their class. So exactly what Saban said is correct. So he's saying, here's my issue with what your quote is from him. And I'm not giving, you know, like, look, we quote people. It's not like our job necessarily to say, hey, to squabble with them and be like, no, that's, you know, in that case, it's BS. But like this guy who has been an agent, you know, shopping recruits for whatever the last you know few months, he he's not in a position to know that every when he says everything Jimbo Fisher said in that press conference is 100% true Jimbo like he doesn't know that Jimbo Fisher's never never bought a player or, or has been part of a program that's never bought a player yeah that's correct and and i think that you know he's like he doesn't even his know. only experience is this started you know a few months ago so he only knows he's was he involved he, with he, any was he involved with any recruits in the 2022 class yes um you know, I mean, was he involved? This, with this many- whole thing is a game of semantics. A and M's collective absolutely did deals with recruits. I do think Saban went a little far, or maybe made a big assumption when he said everyone bought, bought the everyone. entire class. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Uh, maybe that'll be true in future classes, but I don't think it was true in 2022 because a lot of recruits didn't even know this was you know that this was a opportunity for them yet. So they were but, signing but the whole without knowing that. Every- the whole nature that everything Jimbo said in this press conference was a hundred percent correct and true. That to me, you know, like you're not in a position to say that. And I know I'm parsing his words, but that's the first line of your. Yeah, I get, uh, I get what you're saying. He doesn't know what happened before 2021, but he's saying that he's, he's drawing a line in the semantic sand. Basically. He also doesn't know. He didn't represent every recruit that they signed. No, definitely not. Uh, definitely not. So, but he's also not denying that, that the collective, not a, he's saying that Jim, cause you know, to me, the, the most like eye rolling moment was when they asked Jimbo about collectives and he's like, I don't, I don't know anything about it. I don't know what our collective does. I don't know anything. they do. Yeah. So here's what I am convinced. It is total BS. There is no way you can tell me coaches who are control freaks of everything, especially their rosters have no idea who is working on their behalf to get players, right? You yourself, Stu Mandel did a story and you've done good work on NIL, but about NIL. And remember it was a three-star defensive lineman getting 
six figures. I don't know yep. if you said how many figures, you know, like $500,000. Some bunch of rich people are going to spend $500,000 for a three-star defensive lineman that, that is going to play for their team. And the coaching staff has no idea, you know, what's going on. Come on. That, that makes no sense. None. Right. I, I think, you know, this is, this is what coaches have always tried to have plausible deniability. So if you get caught, the- if somebody gets caught paying an athlete, oh, I didn't know anything about that. Right. The whole, uh, <laughs> that Rick Pitino w- claimed he had no idea that one of his assistants was having, uh, you know, hiring strippers and hosting these, you know, uh, uh, recruiting parties, especially in basketball, where how many recruits do they even have in on a, on a given weekend, right? Um, all of those basketball ones, Bill Self, I don't know, I don't know anything about this. You know, Sean Miller, I don't know anything about this. And I think that's where Jimbo was going today. Like, I don't, I don't know what the collective does. I heard there's a collective here, but, you know, I don't really know anything about it. Come on. Well, when you say, and then this, this is the other part that like gets into what your guy, what Caspino said, everything he said was true. Oh yeah. He doesn't know anything about it. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's referring mostly what to, you, I think he's he drawing a distinction everything between a, everything is a loaded word on this. Yeah. Every, he's just drawing a distinction. He's saying that, that Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo was careful with his words and he just said, and he, he was trying to say over and over again, some version of we didn't do it as in the football program. We didn't buy any players, but as we know, that doesn't mean that a third party didn't do it for them. Um, you know, and I think that uh, I think, you know, first we saw him go off on Lane Kiffin. Now he goes off on Nick Saban, probably, you know, at a, at a much, much, much more explosive magnitude. Don't you think a lot of this and, and, and this is true for Saban, too, not just Jimbo, is ego. They don't want anybody to think that I had anything to do that any of those kids they signed had anything to do with anything other than what great recruiters they are, what amazing staffs they've built, uh, their track record of putting guys in the NFL. The suggestion that money entered the equation. No, no, no. How dare you? How dare you suggest that that it wasn't just the, the, the hard work of our fine coaching staff and the relationships that we built, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I two thoughts on that. The first, and some, something you said triggered another conversation that I want to get to in a minute. But like, there was a story recently, well, recently, probably in the last month or two, about a, one particular SEC coach. All of a sudden, now he's become a great recruiter, right? And it's like, this is somebody who I don't know if anybody's ever called a good recruiter. But all of a sudden, now this head coach is now people are doing stories as a great recruiter because. Um, I, think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And this, this person's done a nice job at the program they've taken over, but like when that collective they have is in the seven figures that is driving the recruitment of it. And right. I, you know, like there was a conversation I had and I don't want to say who the head coach was, but it was probably three or four years ago. It was about this time of year. And this person like really kind of took issue with the, um, people like us and me and, you know, pretty much everybody around the college football media lavishing praise on Nick Saban. And this person was like, he looked what's going on recruiting wise, what they do. And it was like a lot of finger pointing on this. And my, my uh, kind of reaction was like, look, you know, there's a bunch of coaches who are in the same, basically in the same business there in the sec 
They're operating similarly. He's thriving. His team is thriving. You know, like um, Bill Landis just did a story probably a couple of weeks ago for us on the hit rate of their five stars related to everybody else's. You know, he has massive staff turnover. You know, I think this is a piece of it is the talent acquisition is a huge piece of this. And I think there's a lot of coaches who are like, this stuff has been wild and crazy. And it's, as you said, plausible deniability. You know, what is happening for some some recruits and their families who are moving and getting jobs and all sorts of different things that are, you know, a lot of people have said they're in a different game than us. You know, they know this. Jimbo knows how to play to his constituents and, you know, A&M went eight and five last, no, eight and four last year. I didn't play in a bowl game. Uh, and, and the, the, but the moxie that Jimbo carries himself with and by turn the fan base, you would think that they're a national championship contender every year. And so as we're speaking, Ross Dellinger from sports Australia just put up a story talking to Texas A&M AD Ross Bjork, who says, first of all, that he, he, uh, notified the sec office last night um he thinks that nick saban violated the sec sportsmanship bylaws what what did his coach do i know yeah um he i don't know why nick saban would say what he said except he's threatened bjork's told sports illustrated there is a saying an emperor who loses their dynasty lashes out he seems to be making excuses Correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. Did Alabama, did they or did they not play in the national championship game last year? And are they or are they not the preseason number one team going into the season? Yeah. Um, He's well, losing his dynasty already? He might at some point. Um, I will say that I do think Saban does feel, I don't know if threatens the right word. Unsettled. Unsettled. Correct. Perfect. He doesn't like that the rules changed overnight on him. He's used to having the ability to basically recruit whoever he wants. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't always finished number one. Georgia has certainly had those years where they finished number one, but they're right at the top. And now there's this new factor that's been entered into the equation and he doesn't like that. Um, but I kind of look at last night and you, you asked, like, did he mean to say that they bought the players? I kind of think he probably didn't intend to go that far, but what do I know? But the seven minutes or whatever leading up to that was definitely a calculated thing. Like I said, he was, I think this was his kind of his last stand. Like, well, we've, we've tried to come comply by what the rules to this point about, you know, you can't offer NIL money to recruits. Um, And, but, you know, if this is what everybody else is going to do, then I guess we're probably going to have to enter the game here soon. And once they do, I don't know that A&M is going to be beating Alabama and recruiting anymore. Um, unless AM does turn into a national championship program this year. Uh, you know, I think he, when people, people were very perplexed as was I last week when he, and by the way, I like 70 year old Nick Saban. He tells it like it is right. He said, uh, that this is killing parody and everybody was like parody. You won the, almost every national title. <laughs> what parody is there? First of all, what parody is there? And second of all, you're the, you're the most glaring exception to the parody. Well, I think it's one of those things where you're using a word that doesn't mean what you, it doesn't actually mean what you're saying it. You know, I think I, you know what I think it meant? I think he was, you, I think we all interpreted as P-A-R-I-T-Y and he really meant (laughs) P-A-R-O-D-Y. He doesn't mean parody as in, uh, in, and he made it seem like this is what he meant that like everybody, he says, well, everybody plays by the same rules. 
everybody has the same number of scholarships. Okay, yes, uh, technically Ball State has the same number of scholarships that it can offer as you do, Nick. You're not competing. They're not competing with you for recruits. Uh, I just think he means like there used to be a certain set of guidelines that you had to follow. And we were very good at thriving in that. And then all of a sudden everything changed last summer and there's somebody that's doing it better. That's why I said on Twitter, okay, I get why Jimbo feels like he's been in, somebody's insulting him and he has to defend his honor and da, 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 da. But if he were being really honest, he could say, we just outsmarted you guys. Like we figured out how to use NIL and to benefit us in recruiting before you guys did. And we got all these five stars. So, you know, sorry to you. Sorry. Somebody else had to come and crash the party. He's not going to say that obviously, but that's basically what happened. A&M in this past recruiting cycle figured out the way, you know, I don't know if they were the first collective or not, but they certainly were the most advanced or farthest along. And they were most aggressive, were most aggressive. most aggressive. There's others that have since, you know, like Tennessee's that are very aggressive, but um, they set the standard and they figured it out first. And I say, congratulations to them. Others would say they're cheating their asses off and they should be punished. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on direct TV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on direct TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Direct TV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. So a lot to unpack. Here's how I thought of this. So like I said, last night I was out for drinks with some friends and I'm looking at the text thread between you, me, Max and Andy Staples. And I'm just kind of like, how much have I had to drink? You know, like it was just, <laughs> it was just like a little bit surreal. I came home, you know, there was a, there was, um, you know, like there were several texts in there. Bruce, do a- we need to be worried that you're going out and getting sloppy drunk on a Wednesday no. night? We do not. What's going on there in Los Angeles? Uh, So I look and and I remember a couple of, and I came home and it's just very, very surreal. And one of the things I thought of is like, man, this is probably the greatest night in Paul Feinbaum's career. Oh, I thought you were going to say Texags. Um, No, I think it's, I think it's good for Texags and Billy Lucci. Um, I think it's great for Paul Feinbaum. I don't think it's good for Greg Sankey because I don't know how long ago it was when when Mike Slive, the late commissioner, had really tried to clean up the image of the SEC. I'm not trying to say I'm not sure he tried to clean. I'm not sure how much they cleaned up the SEC, but they tried to clean up the image of the SEC. And we both have a ton of respect for Mike Slive. And uh, but, you know, as they started to dominate now, all of a sudden, this was just like so much different. Like if you're part of me would the thing, the only thing I'd rather see be more into watching than when AM plays Alabama is actually the meetings in Destin. Oh, I would kill to see the meetings in Destin. How 
Like, if you're Greg Sankey, how do you feel about this? You know, there's a there's an aspect of like any publicity is good publicity. This is not that because this is is mudslinging where it not only makes a, pretty much the whole conference look bad, but I think you're also talking about some of the stuff that is going to come out or, it, you know, like, I don't think if you're Jimbo, you, you wanted to challenge people to go start looking into, you know, every recruitment he was involved with that may have raised eyebrows. Or if you're Nick Saban, you want to, you, I don't, I just don't think you want to poke the bear that much like that. I think Greg Sankey will get in that room and there, and without question, it'll be a mad Greg Sankey. And he will say, you guys have got to cut this out immediately. We should be keeping this stuff in house. If you've got a accusation to make, make it to make it to the league privately, et cetera. There's I'm sure he will say but this that. is different. This is different than Lane Kiffin popping off on social media. This is Nick Saban. This is he's, you know, well, this is this is a level of aggressiveness from Jimbo first from Saban, but 10 times that from Jimbo that you just do not see. You do not see coach say that somebody should slap the other coach upside the head, that he's a narcissist, that, you know, he, what, what, you know, what he, when somebody tells you, somebody shows you who they really are, believe like it just, just a, just a downright, you know, verbal assault. And yeah, that Greg Sankey's going to want nothing to do with that. Now you're right. Like the sec in the nineties kind of, they stunk to be frank. And it was in part because everybody got sanctioned. Everybody turned each other in and got sanctioned. And if you're somebody who's looking for a way that the sec could lose its dominance a little bit, you know, that would be it. But I think the climate is so much different today. Um, nobody believes that the NCA is, no, has no. the ability to shut any of this down, much less like a whole league. And I also just think like public, I mean, at the end of the day, the stuff these guys are getting so heated about is just not seen as taboo, not universally, but like by a large percentage of the population, it's just not outraged that players are getting money. In fact, I think it's what I was going to one thing that one of the comments that um, Jimbo said, you know, he was really outraged that Saban was basically making accusations towards the 17 year olds and their families. Yeah, I don't know that he did. No, but that's how he he was framing it. And I think it was really more about, no, it's it's your program. It's not, I'm not, one of the things that I would say, though, is for a lot of the 17-year-olds, and this reminds me of the Arizona State scandal, uh, I'll be on a lot smaller scale, um, was some of the things that have come out, not just from former Arizona State staffers, but also recruits who were kind of involved in that. And how it started to get out was some of those recruits would tell other coaches at other schools kind of what was going on. And the thing that one of the assistants I talked to from a different place pointed out is like most recruits and their families don't really know what the recruiting rules are. You know, they change a lot. There are certain things. And so the idea that um, what's involved maybe for, you know, on the front end of recruits, I think they're, they're all kind of new to it unless you've had like brothers who come through this or a high school coach is very involved. So it's like, what may be going on? You just may think that's standard operating procedure and how it goes, you know? And it's like, oh, this is what goes on everywhere and, or what goes on with top recruits and so be it. And, you know, like, I guess where I wanted to go with this is with this dirty laundry that has been aired by two of the most, the most prominent and one of the probably 10 most prominent coaches in college football right now, do you look at them any differently or their legacies any differently? 
not yet, but but that's you know that's going to play out here over the next couple of years. I mean, I think Jimbo by going as far as he did, and again, we're talking team that went eight and four last year. They did beat Alabama for the first time uh, under Saban, um, but they're not there yet. When you go that far on the greatest coach in the sport, you're kind of opening yourself up to well, you better dethrone him, right? You, you better back up those words and take them down. If, if Alabama, if, it, you know, it's games in Tuscaloosa this year, Alabama was always already going to be out for revenge. If they beat them 52 to 24, uh, like they did a couple of years ago, you know, that's, that goes, that goes back on Jimbo. Now the flip side of it would be um, they take that number one class they just signed and they go and they become the new Alabama. And then he's all forever viewed as the guy who, stood up to save it and then took him down. Uh, but I don't, that's going to take a couple of years to play out. Right. Yeah. Who would you, who would you be more interested to be in the head of Greg Sankey or Jimmy Sexton? Jimmy Sexton, I mean, by the way, for people who don't know, is the agent of both of these guys and represents half the SEC. I, I, I'm more interested to see how what Greg Sankey would do, but, but you raise an interesting point. Can't, Jimmy Sexton broker peace between these two? No, I don't know. I, I don't I, like Nick Saban's the biggest, biggest dog in the yard. You know, it's like I, I don't think anybody's telling him what to do or how to, you know, like I just don't think. And honestly, Jimbo is a strong willed beat. Yeah, nobody's telling him what to do. Ego. No, nobody's telling him what to do. Like one of the things that came came to mind a lot when I watched and rewatched his comments today. And the kind of like the indignation of like, you know, what Saban said was one of the first things I ever did at Fox Sports when I got there um, was I did a sit down with him on camera at ACC Media Days. And it was on the heels of Jameis Winston and the crab leg story. And some of the stuff Jimbo said at the time was like, oh. and then, you know, over time, it didn't hold up. And I just kind of thought about that as I was, you know, kind of watching this a little bit it's just it's it's one of these things honestly where, where nobody involved comes out looking good no and i do wonder you know as you mentioned sankey um you remember that, that we do have a somewhat of a precedent for this which is lane kiffin when he got the tennessee job accused urban meyer of cheating at a um <laughs> yeah. was a booster event or but yeah he got up and said like they, they had to cheat to get this kid from us and Mike's life, I came down on him. I think they publicly reprimanded him. Okay. I'm sure that's the, that's the, the bare minimum of what's going to happen here. These guys are going to get reprimanded. But does Sankey have the Mike's stones Mike's, to go Mike's, beyond that yeah. and actually suspend them? No way. Mike, Mike's life, by the way, much different, you know, kind of aura about him then than where Greg Sankey's at. Not to say they don't respect Greg Sankey, but also Lane Kiffin taking over at Tennessee where he's – you know, new to it and kind of coming in guns blazing, much different than Nick Saban, much different than, than uh, certainly Jimbo Fisher. So, and I don't remember like urban, I don't feel like shot back. I don't think he did. No. Um, But I remember like Slive hated Giffen and the other coaches hated Giffen at that time. Now I think he's like, Endearing and charming. Yeah. So wait, Bruce, out, Texas A&M opens the season September 3rd against Sam Houston. You don't think Sankey could say, how dare you? You're suspended for the Sam Houston game. 
I, I'm curious what he does with with Nick Saban on it. I don't know. I don't think he's going to suspend him for Sam Houston State. I probably not, but it just kind of depends on what kind of message you want. Do you want to shut this down or not? Like otherwise, you could see this going on not just between those two, but you know, in this as this NIL collective era just keeps going and going and getting, you know, probably more and more out of control, you could have coaches, you know, the, the SEC teleconference, do they still do that? They get like seven minutes each could just be like a, a weekly uh, who's pointing their finger at whom Alabama, by the way, opens against Utah state uh, before the big Texas game. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, you know, I would imagine, first of all, I, I think the reporters who are going to Destin this year, are going to have themselves uh, quite a bit to write about. Um, and I'll be interested to see if Sankey can, can, can ramp this down a little bit. Remember he is, he's the one that flew to DC with, with George Klyovkov. He's been very vocal about the need to regulate NIL in some way. They lobbying the senators to do so. Um, you know, he, at least publicly, is anti NIL collective. And now he, but he, but no conference has more schools doing that than his own conference. And, and I have a feeling Alabama's hasn't gotten into it at this, to this point is about to uh, very soon. All right. As always, you can send your questions to the audible pod at gmail.com. I'm sure this will be a hot topic for more than uh, the weekend. It will have legs and we, we uh, appreciate you guys loading up a second podcast we felt like this warranted as much as probably anything we've seen in a while um at least since uh the the day texas and oklahoma you know since brent zornerman's at the center of everything in college football <laughs> since the day he he broke that story last summer and now he, and he covers texas a&m so he was in he was there asking questions to jimbo today um yes thanks for tuning in for a second episode this week we'll see you next time As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.